Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. I'm going to start in Genesis 3 and then we'll go to John chapter number 10. Genesis chapter number 3, look with me in verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field uh, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, uh, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, uh, but of the fruit of which is in the midst of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst uh, of the garden, God hath said, uh, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof that your eyes shall be open and ye shall be as gods knowing good and evil and when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and the Bible said this and made themselves apron and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him where art thou it wasn't that God didn't know where Adam was at God wanted Adam to realize where he was at now go with me to John chapter number 10. Uh, John chapter number 10 and I want to read one verse out of John chapter number 10. The Bible says this in verse number 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. We see a contrast in John chapter number 10 in verse number 10 of God and Satan. Satan's end result for us is to destroy us. God's end result for us is that we would have life and that we would have it more abundantly in the day and age in which we live. Would you pray for me and pray with me. Father, I love you and I pray, God, today that you'd help us. Father, I stand in a place God, why I surely need you. God, I can't preach along today. Now I pray, oh God, that you'd breathe on us for just a little while. I pray, God, that you'd help us to recall the things in which we've studied, God. Father, you know the hindrances, God, that Satan even today has tried to put on us and I pray, God, that you'd clear our mind for a little while. God, I pray that you'd preach us in power and unction and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, we'll be careful to give you the thanks. God, I pray that if there's any here lost, that you would save them today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated to this morning. I want to preach to you just a little while today on the thought of Satan and look at him just a little while today. The Bible said in verse number 10 of John 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill 
and to destroy. I believe that we can look at that and see Satan uh, that he is talking about in John chapter number 10 uh, in verse number 10. Can I say something to you about the devil today? Number one, I would say this. Uh, I hate him today. You say, well, preacher, that's a strong word. Hate is a strong word. Uh, hear me and hear me well. I hate the devil today. I hate everything about him. I hate everything that he tries to throw up against us. Uh, he's got one He's got one agenda in his mind. Uh, and if it's your lost, he wants to drag you into hell. Uh, and if you're saved, he wants to get you disgruntled uh, with the people of God and the pastor down at the house of God uh, and the way things are going. That is his goal uh, is to get you disgruntled. But God today, uh, hey, here's what he says. Matter of fact, the Bible said this in Jeremiah. He said that he knew and he had plans for us when we was in our mother's womb before we was ever born into this world. Now life begins at conception. Say amen right there. Uh, but before our birth date and we was born into this world, while we was in our mother's womb, God had a plan for our life and God wanted to use our life. But Satan, like the opposite, wants to destroy our life. Let me say this to you this morning. Satan is a mastermind at what he does. He is a mastermind at what he does. Have you ever heard this old saying, you get wiser the older you get. Wisdom comes with age. Well, think about how old the devil is today. Think about, Brother Ramsey, how long the devil's been around today. Think about how many the devil has defeated today. Think about how many Christians that was better than me and how many preachers that was better than me that the devil has defeated and has them completely out of church today. He is a mastermind at what he does. And hear me and hear me well. He knows what to do to destroy you and to destroy your life. Think about this with me this morning. The devil knows how to shape his personality to fit exactly what will allure us today. He knows how to change his personality to fit exactly what we need. Let me illustrate it to you. Think about this. He, uh, here in Genesis chapter number two uh, three, uh, had a fruit for Eve. Uh, when you go on in the Bible, he had a grape for Noah. And you say, what do you mean by that? In other words, uh, he was able to get Noah drunk after a great victory in his life. He had a money bag for Judas whenever you study it out. Satan has whatever he needs to fashion a temptation that will destroy you, that will destroy your home, that will destroy your, your kids, that will destroy me, that will destroy this church. And Satan is a mastermind at what he does. I thought about this. Uh, Satan in Genesis chapter number three twisted the scriptures. Here's what he said in Genesis. I'm headed somewhere. Stay with me. Here's what he said. Yea, hath God said. Uh, he didn't say God didn't say it. Uh, he just sowed doubt in Eve's mind. Yea, hath God said. And can I say this to you today? He's still real good at making you doubt what the Bible says and if it really means uh, what it says. I I want to say to you today, it does mean what it says, and it says what it means today, and Satan twisted the scripture in Genesis 3. Matthew chapter number 4, he tempted the Savior. 
He tempted Jesus Christ himself. If Satan would tempt Jesus Christ, why do we think that we're any match for him today? In, in Matthew chapter number 4, he tempted the Savior. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8, we'll find that there's the trials that he puts the saints in. He says, our adversary is seeking to steal our testimony. He's seeking to silence our testimony. He's seeking to destroy us in every way. In 2 Timothy chapter number 2, he traps the sinner. He uses the lure of pleasure in 2 Timothy 3, 4. But think about this in Psalms chapter number 10, verse number 4. The Bible said this, The wicked, uh, through the pride of his countenance, uh, will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. Uh, in Psalms 10, verse number 4, uh, he is seeking to trap the sinner by luring him with pride. Uh, you know what the Bible said this about pride? Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. You know what? There's been a lot of people that's died and went to hell because of pride. There's been a lot of homes that's been busted up because of pride. You know what? Somewhere today there's some dad and some son that won't talk because one of them's too proud to say I'm sorry. There's some mother-in-law and daughter-in-law or son-in-law that their relationship is destroyed. Why? Because simply of pride. They will not humble. Somebody give me a witness this morning preaching. They'll not humble themselves to make things right. It all goes back to pride. Satan is a mastermind at what he's doing. Here's what the Bible instructed us in 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 8. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, I want to say this to you by way of introduction. You see his wisdom this morning. His wisdom, that's the reason the Bible tells us to be sober and to be vigilant. I began to study those two words out, and sober is simply this. It simply means sound-minded. It means sound-minded. You know what? There's a lot of crazy people today. Well, Brother Wade, give me an amen on that if nobody else will. Uh, there's a lot of crazy people today. And you know what the devil would do? The devil would get in our mind. Come on, somebody help me. He'll get in our mind, and he'll have us thinking that everybody at the church is against us. He'll have us thinking the preacher's against us. He'll have us thinking that Brother Matt's against you. He'll have you thinking that Miss Leslie hates your guts and is as mean as a pit bull junkyard dog. And she is the biggest part of the time. <laughs> but Brother Bailey, he'll get in our mind. Are you hearing me? He'll get in our mind... I think one of the greatest challenges, I think one of the greatest challenges that we face now as we move forward, and thank God that's what we're doing. Somebody say amen right there. But one of the biggest challenges, Brother Josh and Miss Tanya has been here ever since we took the church. And, and uh, we was talking, we was in Tennessee this week, and um, we was talking, and, and even in days gone by, we've talked about this. And Miss Tanya said this, and I think I can say this and her not get mad. If she does, it won't be the first time. But anyway, I think I can say this, and at least she's still here. Amen. But she said, one of the challenges that I face sometimes is realizing there's more than just us at the church. 
She said, I realize, preacher, that you don't have just 20 or 30 that you need to talk to every Sunday now. You've got 200 that you've got to talk to every Sunday now. The devil will get in your mind and mess you up. And that's the reason he says, be sober. The devil is wise at what he does. And we need to be sound-minded. He said, be sober, but he said, be vigilant. I'll preach in just a minute. He said, be vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant. That word vigilant means this, to give strict attention to. Now watch this, to be cautious. To be cautious. To be cautious today. I, 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 um, I, I, I think about road signs. And we've seen uh, over the uh, Friday and Saturday, we've probably seen 9,373 and a half road signs. And you say, why was they a half? Because Brother Josh knocked half of one down. And Jacob hollered and screamed for him while he done it. But anyway, I think about road signs and it says caution, work area ahead. You know what that is saying? It's saying this, there's the potential of danger ahead. In other words, traffic's probably going to be slowing down. Brother Josh, I, I got right with God and got saved seven times while he was driving yesterday. I was trying to study. Anyway, you say, was it that bad? Was it that bad, Miss Tanya? And Friday was even worse. He drank two energy drinks and three cups of coffee. I'm not lying about that. He looked over at us one time and he said, is my eyes going back and forth? He said, what did you do? We stopped at Bucky's or Buckeyes or I don't know what the name of that place of Jacob was having a fit to stop at and I got back in the driver's seat. But I thought about it, it said, man, there's danger ahead. Be cautious. Be cautious. Hear me and hear me well this morning. We better be cautious because we've got an adversary walking about today as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I see his wisdom. I see his walk. The Bible says he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I thought about this, that word devour, to make one's way progress, to make due use of opportunities. You know what happens when temptation and opportunity ends up in the same room? Disaster's fixing to happen. Can I say that again? When temptation and opportunity ends up in the same room, disaster's fixing to happen. He said his walk, he wants to devour us. He wants to use every opportunity he can. I thought about this, his wisdom, his walk, but his word, that word devour, to destroy spiritually, to ruin the soul. That is Satan's goal for your life. Let me show you three things this morning. How does he destroy? Watch this, number one. He seeks to destroy our insight. Our insight. Satan will keep us, watch this, number one, from seeing the harvest. From seeing the harvest. What did he say in John chapter 4, verse number 35? He said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're already white unto harvest. This past Sunday, we didn't have service on Sunday night, and um, 
me and, and, and Leslie and one of the girls, Madeline was the one that went with us. We jumped in the Jeep and was just riding around. We rode over to Mitchell River Game Lands and rode all the way up to the end where the gate's at and we come back out and we was uh, come back out the river road, back out to Haystack up our next to Devotion and was riding down through there and we turned out one road. I don't even know what road it was, Brother Robert, but we turned out one road and it just wound around, round and round and round, way back up in there. And I couldn't believe all the houses that was on that road. You know, we've always went to Red Hill Creek and then turned left at Red Hill Creek and went out in and visited all that area. And I looked at Leslie and I said, man, look at all the houses out here. And I said, you know what we're going to do? Matter of fact, the first uh, Thursday night in May, we're picking up the first and third Thursday nights starting back in May with our visitation program. And I said, you know what we're going to do? This is going to be the first area that we're going to focus on. And we're going to go from Red Hill Creek Road uh, to Devotion where the gravel starts. And we're going to hit every one of those houses and every one of those little side houses. And here's what the devil said. Well, there's not but just a few. You know what he'll do? The devil will destroy our insight on the harvest. So what if there's just a few? For every face there is a soul. And for every soul there is a face. And you know why? There may be somebody living up there. Uh, that There's no maybe to it. I guarantee you there's somebody living up there that needs to know the Lord. There's a bunch of holders going up through there. And all of them need Jesus. Amen. Hey, somebody up there uh, needs to know the Lord but the devil will destroy our insight to the harvest. I thought about this. How many people, how many people, y'all just don't understand how much preaching I've heard the past two days. I might preach three hours this morning. No, I won't. I promise you. Just two and a half. How many people do we brush shoulders with on a daily basis that we don't tell about Jesus? And I'm as guilty as anybody. I'm preaching to me as much as I am anybody, Brother Randy. And you know what happens? The devil uses, you remember I said something about this little word a while ago, pride. He uses this little word pride. Well, what will, what will, what will they think if I give them a gospel tract? What would they say? What would they do? Well, you know what? Who cares what they say or what they do? If they read that gospel track and come to know the Lord as their Savior and don't die and go to hell, is that not what we're put here for to begin with? He'll destroy our insight on the harvest. But you know what the devil will do? He'll destroy our insight on hell. You know what the Bible said in Psalms 9, verse number 17? The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. You know, that, that verse is still as true today as the day it was that it was written in Psalms chapter 9, verse number 17. So many times we lose focus of what life is really all about. There's nothing wrong, and I, I want you to hear me this morning. There's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with having a good job. There's nothing wrong with training our children to be successful in life. I believe that we should. I believe our kids should strive to be the very best at whatever it is that they do. And you know me well enough. I've talked to you about that. I believe that with all of my heart. But hear me, and hear me well this morning. The first priority for our lives ought to be reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because there is a hell that burns beneath us. He seeks to destroy our insight on the harvest on hell. But can I say this? He seeks to destroy our insight on heaven. On heaven. Hey, look, this world is not it. 
This is not all we have to look forward to. This is not the <laughs> matter of fact. This is if you're saved this morning, this is the worst world you'll ever live in. Thank God we're headed to a better place where there's no more sorrows, no more heartaches, no more tears, no more Satan. Oh, yes, he'll seek to destroy our insight on heaven. I thought about this. We was riding through. We was just right outside of Nashville and Murfreesboro the past couple of days in a meeting. And yesterday, we began to uh, come out some road. I don't have a clue what road it was. We was coming out some road. And, man, I'm telling you, it's some of the most beautiful farmland that I've ever come out. I, man, it was beautiful. And every house was huge. I, I, was, I mean, it was just amazing. I, for miles and miles... And we would drive down through there and you would see, it seemed like you'd see 15 cows and 37 horses. I guess everybody's horse boys up there instead of cowboys. But anyway, y'all will get that in a little while. There's horses everywhere. And uh, we was coming down through there. And, but Scotty, I got to thinking about years ago, I used to ride horses a lot. And I got to thinking about one day, we had been riding and, and, and we come off the mountain and started back towards the barn. And when we turned the, the corner down at the end of the field, you could see the barn. And that crazy horse I was on, his name was Sap Sucker. <laughs> oh, Sap Sucker took off in a dead run. As soon as he seen that barn, he took off in a dead run. I was pulling the reins back with everything I could. They wasn't no stopping old sap sucker. He was going to the barn uh, to get something to drink or to eat, man. I'm telling you, when we got to the barn for the Lord, I was laying down on him. because he was, he was going to the stall with or without old John. Old sap sucker was going to the stall. John wanted to make it to the stall so he could get off peacefully. I laid down and he run in that barn. As soon as he got in his stall, he was fine. I got off of him, unsaddled him, and everything was fine. What happened? He got a glimpse of the barn. He was tired. He was wore out from a day of riding, and he got a glimpse of the barn. Now, can I make a practical application? Sometimes we get tired, and we get wore out from the days that we're living in. There are trying days, there's troublesome days, there's things that we don't understand. And you know what Satan will do? He will try to destroy our insight on the barn, a place called heaven. But hear me and hear me well, I sure am glad that every once in a while we can get a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. And it causes us to go another mile. He seeks to destroy our insight. Number two, he seeks to destroy our influence. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. He seeks to destroy our influence. I'm sure there's somebody in your mind right now that you could think about that once had a very major positive influence in your life, but they're no longer a positive influence because of some kind of situation. Maybe, well, we all know what the, the ultimate cause of it is, is sin. I, I, um, um, yesterday... We was coming back down the road, and you say, why do you keep referring to it? If you was with the crowd I was with in the vehicle to Nashville and back in less than 48 hours, you would refer to it too. But anyway, we was coming down the road, and we was talking about a preacher that uh, Brother Josh and Miss Tanya and Miss Leslie and I knew well. Matter of fact, he preached in this pulpit in the early years here at our church. We've been to his home together. We've sat in his home together. We've fellowshiped with him and his wife together. 
And, and uh, to make a long story short, um, his home got busted up. He fell a prey to sin. His home got busted up. And that influence that once he had, it's not what it was. Let me tell you the reason why Satan. Satan seeks to destroy your influence today. You ever heard this old statement? I'm sure you had. My dad's told me this 497 times in one afternoon. It'll take you a lifetime to build your testimony and a matter of seconds to destroy it. A matter of seconds to destroy it. It will take you a lifetime to build the influence with somebody and one wrong action. You say, but preacher, I understand you may say that you would go back that goes back to pride a lot of times and people never go back and make it right because they have to swallow their pride. I'm not going to go into the depths of it. Very few people know about a situation not in the church. And a lot of times when a preacher says a situation, everybody automatically thinks something's fixing to blow up in the church. Time out just a second. Take the church out of the picture. I live a human life just like y'all do and I know other people just like y'all do, okay? There was a situation and, and, and Brother Robert, I got in the flesh over it. I did not long ago. I got in the flesh in a bad way over it. Probably the worst I have in my life, Brother Scotty. You know what I had to do the other day? I had to go into a man's office and sit down in that office and with tears in my eyes look at him and say, I'm sorry. I was wrong in everything I said. I was wrong in everything that I'd done, and I'm sorry for that. You say, well, preacher, why? Because hear me. Our influence can be taken away so quickly. And if the devil can destroy our influence, he can destroy our testimony, and a lot of people would die and go to hell while we sit back on our ego of pride. Somebody give me a witness this morning. While we sit back on our ego of pride. He seeks to destroy our influence. Influence is a privilege. It takes time to give it. Influence is powerful this morning. Influence is powerful this morning. Number three, Miss Tanya, will you come start playing softly? He not only seeks to destroy our insight and our influence, I'd say this in closing this morning. Satan seeks to destroy our inheritance. Our inheritance. He said, preacher, what do you mean by our inheritance? Well, here's what I mean by it. I'm not talking about a earthly inheritance. That's not what I'm talking about. And, and I'll just say this in passing. Boy, there's been a lot of families that was destroyed because they got greedy when someone passed away in their family. I've seen it so many times, Brother Brian, families just completely destroyed all over a dollar. All over a dollar. It's all going to burn up one day anyway. It's all going to burn up one day anyway. I'm not talking about an earthly inheritance. I'm talking about a heavenly inheritance. You see, I got saved July the 20th 1994. I'll never forget the day that I got saved. I, I pray that even if Alzheimer's hits me one day, that I'll not forget the day that I got saved. I remember Brother Heath, and, and y'all pray for Brother Heath. God knows the situation that he's dealing with today, but I, I remember Brother Heath's grandfather had Alzheimer's. But one thing that he could always go back to, and that was the day that he got saved. I don't, I don't want to ever get over the day that I got saved. Did you know that that's one thing the devil can do absolutely nothing about? Nothing. 
The devil cannot get my salvation. He can't take it away from me. You can't take it away from me. The government can't take it away from me. God gave it to me and the Holy Spirit sealed what the Son done on Calvary the night I asked Him to save me. However, the devil can cause me not to live for God the way that I should. Whenever you study the Bible, there's five crowns that the saved person can win. There's five crowns. One of them's a martyr's crown. I don't mean this ugly, but I hope I don't win that one. I'm not interested in being martyred. But there's the martyr's crown. There's the soul winner's crown. Uh, there's, there's five of them. I don't have time to preach that. There's five of them. And there's coming a day, Revelation chapter number four, the Lord's coming back to get us and calling us out. And there's going to be the judgment seat of Christ. That judgment seat of Christ is for the believers today. It's for those that are saved. The man that is lost will not be at the judgment seat of Christ. We can go to Revelation chapter number 19, look at the great white throne judgment, and the lost man will be judged there for his sins and will be condemned to hell and be thrown into hell that day. But in Revelation chapter number 4 and, and going through, I don't have time to preach all this, but going through that seven years of tribulation, we're at the judgment seat of Christ. And there that day, I'm not going to give an account and I'm not going to be judged for my sin. Jesus was judged for my sin on Calvary, thank God. My sins are gone today. But I will be judged on what I've done for God. I will be judged on how faithful I was to God, how faithful of a witness I was, how faithful I was to study, how faithful I was to preach, how faithful I was to prayer, how faithful I was to telling others about Him. I'll give an account to God for that. And Satan seeks to destroy our inheritance. You say, how do you get that? Here's the way he does it. He'll keep you out of church. He'll keep you out of church. He'll keep you out of church. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? He'll keep you out of church. He'll keep you from telling others about Him. He'll keep you. Are you hearing me this morning? He'll keep you from apologizing because of your pride and someone will look at you that saw that you were saved and they'll end up dying and going to hell because they'll say, well, if that's the way a saved man acts when all we had to do is just simply say, man, I was wrong and I'm sorry. And you know what? Sometimes I've said I'm sorry and didn't even really do anything. But if that's what needed to be said for a testimony to be right, Amen. Satan seeks to destroy your inheritance. Satan don't want you to win a crown in heaven. Satan don't want you to take nobody to heaven with you. Satan wants to destroy your life.